0: Hello everybody, Dr. Rick Wallace here dropping in on you. I hope that everybody is having an unbelievable week. Whatever it is that you are set out to do, uh, I hope that you are achieving your goals. I hope that you are reaching the heights that you strive for. It's important to understand that while we oftentimes talk about the collective is it it is immensely important to have your individual health and i don't just mean physical i mean mental emotional psychological and spiritual in in at its highest uh level and it's important for you to be focused and centered on the things that you are required and capable of doing i want to encourage you that no matter where you're at right now that you are more than capable of rising to meet meet the rising to meet the challenges of life. Uh, with that said, we're going to move into the discussion of the, of the day. I don't think that this requires a great deal of length. In the discussion, I just want to make sure that I point out some key elements outside of uh, what m- what might seem to be entertaining and amusing um at the core. You know me, I'm about I am about looking at things, analyzing things, discovering causality and coming up with solutions. Before I do that, I want to encourage everybody that is familiar with the work that we've been doing at the Odyssey Project. Um, Beyond the 10 years that I've been on YouTube doing what I do uh, regularly regularly. Uh, I've been in the community. Those who have followed me know the work I do in research and program development and boots on the ground activities and events. Uh, We are still pushing forward. Obviously, there were some things that I had to sort of slow down and pull and set on the shelf for a while at the end of last year, simply because we did not have the support. It doesn't mean that we stopped. It meant that we had to start acting within uh, our resources. So I'm encouraging you, if you believe in the work we're doing, if you believe in what you see and hear or read on the site, um, if you believe in what I'm sharing and doing here on a regular basis, show some love and show some support. Uh, The uh, way that you can do that is going to be shared in the chat. It's always going to be at the top of the description box in all of the videos. Uh, So feel free to do that. Now, let's move on. Um, those of you who keep up with things that go on in the Black community and remain aware are already uh, well informed and aware of uh, the antics of Roland Martin from his assault on the young 21-year-old brother several weeks ago, which I addressed, uh, to his ongoing battle with new media, new Black media. Um, The falling apart in the dismantling and the disruption in old media, old black media has sent a lot of the old heads scurrying. Uh, one at the top of the list being Roland Martin, uh, once considered prominent, once considered a heavy voice, once considered to be a voice of our people, uh, now is seen as an outsider uh, by those of us who truly our boots on the ground, who truly work hard to do what we do, who are a part of the new black media, whether you're talking about Dr. Boyce Watkins, uh, Jason Black, Professor Black Truth, Jason Reed, uh, Tariq Nasheed, Dr. Umar Johnson. And this isn't whether you like every last one of these names I'm mentioning. I'm talking about people who have committed uh, to being a voice, no matter how you view them. They've been on the cutting edge of educating our people, um, you know, being a direct funnel to some of the heavy hitters in, in scholarship, whether you're talking about Dr. Claude Anderson, uh, the late Dr. Amos Wilson, Khalid Muhammad, Dr. Naeem Akbar, Dr. Joy DeGroy, Dr. Howard Stevenson, uh, just to name a few, Dr. Uh, Michael Blanchett, just to name a few. Um, and I've tried to be both a, a contributor and a bridge uh, in that. Uh, bringing what I can bring as a scholar, bringing what I can bring as a mental health professional, bringing what I can bring as a writer, but also being uh, the conduit through which it's introduced. Um, but what is important here is to understand that we're not just dealing with some beef here. Uh, Roland has been taking shots at Vicki Dillard ever since she came out and called out Gail King uh, over a year ago. It may may not have been a year ago, but definitely it was last year. Uh, He called her a dumbass. And uh, luckily, we had some brothers who came to her defense and spoke on her behalf. Uh, Whether you like the sister or not, uh, she comes, she delivers, she presents. Uh, She's very uh, factual in her research. Um, And she speaks her mind. And the thing is, I'm never looking for someone who I agree with 100 percent. I don't believe that that needs to be a requisite and it's virtually uh, impossible. You're looking for people who have the same passion for your people as you do. You're looking for people with genuine uh, capacity to think critically and to take what they come up with through their critical thought and apply it to the problems, Mm -hmm. therefore creating solutions to be a conduit through which our people are empowered and each person that I've mentioned and far beyond that are doing it. I want to thank Neoda Ura, uh, who has been highly instrumental in uh, uh, syndicating a lot of the content that I put on and so many others out there. She has been talking about uh, independent, uh, privately owned black media. For years, and she's been pushing, and she's she's done some unbelievable work uh, with constructing an infrastructure through which Black media outlets can present. Um, I, I want to thank her for her tireless work because uh, so much of what I've been able to do has been because of her tireless work. And so once again, I thank her. But when it comes down to Roland Martin, what you have to understand is Roland Martin was given a platform. Roland Martin is directly tied to the Democratic machine and the Democrats uh, use him, amongst others, and have historically used uh, black, uh, supposed black voices as a means of buffering and manipulating, controlling and gaslighting blacks. Um, And what has happened is. As we have been given these tools through social media platforms and through the Internet, uh, which I think is going to be more importantly moving forward, is moving off of these platforms and moving into our own space that we control that can't simply be pulled. At any time they can shut down this account and there's absolutely nothing I can do about it. We've got to get to a point where that doesn't happen. But in the meantime, these platforms have allowed us to expand and amplify our voices. We are now uh, able to reach more people. We are now able to share alternative ideas, alternative thought. And we present a problem to the status quo. We present a problem. You got to think, Blacks since 1960, Blacks have voted without fail ten, 90% of the turnout, whatever the turnout. the one is, the Black vote has increased Each year, except for the last presidential vote before this one. So what was it? 2016. Up until 2016, the voter turnout for blacks had increased every presidential cycle from the 1960s. Uh, With that consistent increase came a guaranteed 90 percent of that vote going towards the Democrat, uh, the Democrats. And in turn, we have got absolutely nothing but empty talk, symbolism and no real, true, tangible uh, changes in policy, changes in focus, changes in access in re- to resources, access to things that we should have access to. And it has been... Uh, And, and so he, uh, so we've got all of this, uh, all of this coming at us and it is being funneled through supposed black voices. When you see someone like Roland taking aim at uh, a Jason black of Vicky Dillard or what, or when he's speaking in general, uh in a very snide way towards uh new black media uh when he attacks a young 21 year old who says he's focused and centered on doing it himself so he doesn't depend or wait on democrats to do anything for him and he finds a reason to attack the young brother it's because his position is held his position is supported and sustained by what he gets for delivering to the Democrats. And you have to understand that. He's not the only one. Jarrett Reed, a bunch of others. Yes, that's it. We are actually effective in bringing about change. New black media, especially, we're talking about black first. Uh, We're talking about the empowerment. That young brother talked about what he had done at 21 what he started doing at 19 and he had done it. It wasn't, he was waiting on some, 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 some grant. He wasn't waiting on somebody to come in and give him permission or to underwrite what he was doing. He was literally doing it. This is one 21 year old black man and he's showing the power. That's powerful. And when people are sitting up and seeing that, they're starting to see a different narrative, a different idea, a a different concept of thought as far as who we are and what we're capable of. And so when he sees that, he sees his hold slippery, because I guarantee you, if he cannot deliver to the Democrats what they expect, and that's that consistent, continued 90%, then he becomes useless, and then he becomes irrelevant. And so that's what this is about. This is a fight for relevancy. And in order for them to remain relevant, and it's him and it's a bunch of others, in order for them to remain relevant, they have to continue to be able to be effective in delivering a message of manipulation and control through propaganda to the black collective. But the problem is, as Jay Bags has pointed out in the in the chat, is that new black media, black first media, new uh, this new. Uh, unapologetic black media that's actually delivering facts, that's actually delivering truth, that's actually talking about the fact that we can be autonomous, that we cannot trust the Democrats. And so since we can't trust them, we can't depend and lean on them. We can't look for them to do something today that they haven't done in the last 60 years. You can't sit up and say, I'm going to keep giving you a chance to do something. Watch them talk spin and spit rhetoric, but never deliver. There has to come a point when you realize that while they are not as overt in their behavior or their racial uh, strategies, they are just as effective as the Republicans. The difference is they smooth us, they talk about us, or as uh, as the honor, Honorable uh, uh, Louis Farrakhan has said, they rub us... Uh, They stroke us on one side and rubbers raw on the other side. And that's the thing that you have to be aware of. CG, I, I definitely agree. The problem with that is the moment that they started to try to align. They will lose those platforms. They will lose the back and it will be pulled from underneath them. And they will then be forced to do exactly what we're doing. They will need to come over into the fold and use the platforms that are available and then come forth. It will be great to have people with that kind of background, that kind of experience, come over and actually say, I'm going to put my people first, not my role or connection to a, a, a certain party. You cannot holistically throw everything into a party when the party's total uh, mindset is doing something that is diametrically opposed to the very values, interests and principles that we embody. So that's the thing that you've got to understand is that we are in a situation like this. And my thing is Roland is now consistently consistently and increasingly biting off more than he can chew going after people that he doesn't know about or know of enough and it's coming back to get him because he's running into some people who have invested years of being on top of their game invested years of being able to uncover facts and the system as it has been designed doesn't have to support how we do things that's the beautiful things that's the beautiful thing about this thing see what 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 is uh your, your Sean Kings and all these uh these type of people what they will normally do is try to discredit by using traditional uh standards like for instance he had a back and forth with Jason Reed and, and He he, he criticized Jason Reed for not having a degree. He criticized Jason Reed for not having a large enough following. Uh, And what he didn't realize is, regardless of the size of the following, Jason Reed is well-read, well-researched, and has the ability to uh, to to think critically. And so he's coming at him, and then Jason turns around, and before you know it, the very engagement doubled Jason Reed's Twitter following overnight. And then it, it, it doubled again solely by Roland attempting to tear down someone instead of listen to them, attempting to discredit. The whole thing is, if you didn't learn anything else from Dr. John Henry Clark, is that you don't have to go through the academic system to become a scholar. You simply have to understand how to collect, anatomize, analyze, break down and interpret data, and then come to conclusions. He proved that as an autodidact, you didn't have to attend a university to be uh, capable of being respected As a doctor, because he got his doctorate through life, through application. So the bottom line is you don't have to have all these degrees. My thing is, while going through the academic system taught me how to gather information, taught me how to organize it, taught me how to analyze it, taught me how to vet it and validate it. It was me seeking answers outside what the system was presenting that brought me to the point I am now that gave me insight on epigenetics, gave me insight on the unique of Afrocentric, Afrocentric psychology. And all of the things that I have spent time mastering that gives me a place to sit down at the table and have this conversation with my brothers. It's not the system that taught me that the system taught me what I needed to know. Initially, I've taken that I have formulated and developed uh, my own system of doing things that can be researched, peer reviewed and then uh, analyzed and it can be duplicated. So I, what I'm doing, I'm creating something that can't be challenged. I'm just not doing your thing anymore. I've taken it, and now my focus is using what I've gained for my people, and that's the thing that we have to look at. But see, Roland is trying to find ways to discredit. But see, that's a part of cognitive dissonance, anyway. When I don't like what I'm hearing, when I don't like a new truth, when I don't like a new idea, or things aren't aligning with what I desire to happen. Then I start attacking the messenger because I can't attack the message. That's why I tell people all the time, don't get so caught up in the messenger. That's why I can listen to a lot of people that other people can't listen to because I don't care about the message. If I can vet you, if I can sit up and look at what you're saying and I can go out and I can research what you're saying and what you're saying is accurate. I don't care how I feel about you as a person. After a while of you doing that over and over again, I learned I can trust what you share. And so now I'm focused on the message. The message is the only thing that matters because as a human, my humanity is going to ensure that at some point I'm going to make mistakes. At some point I'm going to do some. Do things that I'm probably going to regret later. That's not what I want you to focus. I want you to focus on what I'm delivering to you that you can research, that you can vet, that you can break down, that you can grab, and that you can understand, that you can apply, that you can use, that you can grow from. Don't worry about me. I'm making the same journey you're making. I'm just in a different space at a different time than you, but we are all one people coming from something, going to something, and we got to learn how to take in what, the, what, 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 what those of us who are giving have to share. Roland is in a place where it's slipping. And you're talking about not just the relevance and the sense of celebrity that he has garnered over the years. You're talking about livelihood. Exactly, CG. One of the reasons that people can't get past Umar is because of his personality. But when the the truth is, one of the most dependable sources and information that I've ever come across in all of my studies that are still alive is Umar Johnson. If he tells you that you can find a document, you can find it. If he tells you that it happened on this date, go back and research it. happened. Forget his personality. Forget all the stuff that you don't like about how he's raising money, what he's doing and all that. The brother simply delivers facts. And remember, it was Roland Martin that attacked Umar Johnson on his show before he lost his spot with TV1. It was Roland Martin that stood up and attacked him because of this. He said, uh, he said that the most powerful and impactful thing that a black man could do to show his, his, his love for his people and his stance as a black man is to be committed to a black woman. Period. I, I agree, Jay Bags. I, I do. I think he's too, too thin-skinned to be as vocal as he is and to be as direct as he is. I do think that. But the thing is, He's actually out there. I know for a fact because I've sent people to him who have kids who are in special ed. You got to understand, I've done an entire special ed position paper. I've actually become a part of that. And while child psychology isn't my area of expertise, trauma is I've sent people to Umar that have told me they've helped them get their kids out of that crunch of special education in, uh, in the public school system. That for a fact, I know that's personal. So, you know, Take what you want to take from it. But what I'm saying is when you go to what he says, you can research it in it's facts. You got to take that. But it was Roland Martin that attacked him. Why? Because he was speaking a truth. You can't love yourself without loving the black woman. Is there a lot of work that needs to be done on both sides? Absolutely. But you can't love yourself. You can't talk about being totally all out pro-black and loving someone else. Dr. Neely Fuller Jr. told us that. Who you sleep with impacts your thinking. Who you have sex with impacts your thinking. It impacts your psychology. It impacts your ability to be committed to something. That is nothing but truth. So in essence, what he was saying was absolute truth. One of the biggest, the most revolutionary thing you can do as a black person is marry another black person and procreate. Bar none. Black love is the most revolutionary thing there is. And that is something that they don't want us to see. That's why some... Check out television commercials. That's why black media is so important. That's why I'm telling you this isn't simply about Roland Martin beefing with somebody. There's a whole propaganda thing going on that we're asking our people to disconnect from. Think about how many, how many television commercials you see now where the couple is mixed. White man, black woman. Some cases, black man, white woman, but almost most cases, white man, black woman. Or even if it is, there's a definite indicator that the black person, uh, one of the black people in a in, in, in couple where they're both black, one of them is definitely unequivocally biracial. You can look at them and tell, okay, She's got a white parent somewhere. Okay, so you know that. So what you got to understand is that's not by accident. That is a, direct, a directive and a direct focus on getting black women to sit up and see white men as the savior. White men as the answer to the conflict that they have now with black men, a conflict that is being perpetuated and pushed By media, and I'll tell you how that is happening. When we see black men in media, whether social media, whether on the news, it's always something bad. They've killed their spouse, their ex-spouse. They are running for. They're doing something. They've got caught cheating. It's always something. It's something negative. They they perpetuate uh, a negative image in reality TV. They perpetuate negative energy by showing the worst of the worst in professional athletes. Okay, at the same time, what are they not showing? The 97% of black men that are doing it the way we're supposed to. What they're not showing is that the vast majority of us are married to black women. What they're not showing is that we are loving our women. We are taking care of our kids. We are in our communities. They won't show that. Why? Because that gives an image of the black man that gives the black man power. That starts to restore the masculinity to the black man. That starts to restore the capacity of black man to lead. No, they're trying to snatch that. They've been trying to do that for decades. Why? Because it doesn't matter how mobile we allow the black woman to be. If we sit up and we kill the mobility of the black man, the black race dies and we they understand that so what do they do they keep portraying us and so then black women have had some bad experiences with black men let's keep it real have had some bad experiences with black men black men have had some bad experiences with black women but this is the difference the black women who have had bad experiences are perpetually shown the images of the worst black men to reinforce their experience and give them the idea that all black men are that way. And if anything is going to happen in their life, they're going to have to jump ship and go over here. Now, what they're not showing is that they're more likely to be abused by their white husband than than a black man. That's never put out there. Nobody's talking about that research. Why? Because it doesn't serve the narrative. We've got to be smart enough. We've got to be smart enough to understand when we are being peddled negative propaganda for the purpose of manipulation and control. We've got to understand that this thing that's going on with Roland Martin, Sean King, and so many more that will come to the defense of somebody who did something that is obviously in diametric position to what we should be standing for, while they come. To the to the defense of it and stand up and, and speak and fight loudly is because they benefit directly from the Democrats for keeping us in line. For keeping us centered and focused and dependent, they want us to ask and beg them, they want us to believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that their only hope that our only hope is them and that the Republicans are the Antichrist and everything else while they are our saviors. The truth of the matter is the right wing and the left wing belong to the same damn bird. And that bird has been shitting on the head of black people since 1619, at least. And so what I'm trying to get you to understand is that we'll never get out of them what we expect. I've written on this. I've written on this in great extent. The two party racism in the two party system. I've written also another uh, one that says uh, uh, a a Confederate party, not a Tea Party. That was written back when the whole Tea Party thing was going on. And I show how over time, from from the end of the Civil War to the Reconstruction, through Black codes, into Jim Crow and so forth, how this two-party system has worked to oppress Black people. It's a system. And for the most part, Democrats have actually been uh, a more devastating force than Republicans. The disintegration of the black family started under a Democratic administration. So we must understand that. You, you, read, read the uh, Monahan Report, uh, which is actually entitled The Negro Family, A Case for National a- Action. Uh, but it became known as the Monahan Report and read it in its entirety then look at what followed and you will see exactly, they knew when they presented all of these social programs, what it would do to the black family. And they did it anyway. You have to disrupt it. Why? The black family is the institution through which values, interests and principles are inculcated into the mind and psyche of young children and then governed and protected and reinforced until the time they come up. That's why you have such a hard time now, teaching black group economics, teaching black unity, teaching holistic education. Why? Because it's not a value system that's inculcated into the psyche and the development and character of a person from birth. You've got consumerism, you've got individualism, you've got materialism, you got all these things that are part of our psyche, how we validate ourselves, how we make ourselves feel important, how we sit up and and, 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 and literally uh, I build our identity off of things rather than who we are internally and the impact we have on the world. We have inverted value to mean what we have and what we have acquired versus what we are capable of doing and what we have to bring to the table and what we offer the world around us. That's your value. How are you an asset? Not what you own. It's amazing how they've allowed that to flip on us and we've bought into it. But what we've got to be willing to do is sit back and look that if we don't protect the family, which is, I mean, under constant assault, we lose the ability to train the next generation effectively. Why? Because the best learning environment is the home. You have the masculine energy of the father, the feminine energy of the mother. We sync that. We call it synergy because it's synced energy. We call it synergy. That synergistic force that's created by the black male and the black female is unparalleled. And it allows you to do things that you cannot do as an individual. I don't care how valuable I am as an individual, as a single man. I don't care how intelligent, I don't care how resourceful, I don't care how prominent. I have not even scratched the surface of what I'm capable of until I plug into the beauty and power and the divinity of a black woman. When I, when, when my divinity merges with her divinity and our energies start to sink, there are just some things we are capable of doing that transcend anything most people even think about. They are fighting that because they know that once we discover that on a grand scale. Game over. It's going to be up to us to sit up and say, no, we're going to back Professor Black Troop. We're going to we're going to back uh, Vicky Dillard. We're going to back Dr. Boyce Watkins. We're going to back. Uh, all of these other people who are actually out here, Umar Johnson, Tyreek, everybody, no matter what you think. I mean, uh, and, and I've had a chance to meet most of these people. And they're people. They are people just like you. Just and And the thing is, they just simply decided I'm going to be a part of the difference. And we need more people doing that. We need more people standing up and saying, you know what? I'm going to be a difference maker. I'm going to stop asking someone else to make things better in my home and in my community. And I'm going to be a part of the change. I'm going to be someone who is consistently invested in being better tomorrow than I am today. And as I grow, those around me grow as well. And that's a part of life. That's how we move forward. But what we cannot do is take lightly what those on the outside are doing to disrupt our growth. That's some. We have to uh, continue to push. Thanks for sharing that, Jay. Uh, we have Jay Bags. We have to continue to push. We have to continue to understand. We have to continue to widen our exposure because uh, just now Jay showed me some things that I hadn't heard about that I've got to check out uh, that are part of black media, new black media as well. And we have to embrace that. We have to understand that this is something that is encompassed. This isn't a one. Well, if they're not doing it like I like it. No are they about the blackness? Are they about growing our people? Are they about providing an alternative in entertainment? I mean, it's all of these things. It's not just the critical thought. Yes, we need critical thinking. Yes, we need scholarly presentation. Yes, we need strategies and all that. But we also need to laugh sometimes. But we need to laugh in an environment that is sacred to us in a way that protects us. Now, I haven't met uh, I've had a inbox conversation with Jason Reed. Someone's asking, have I met Jason Black, Professor Black Truth or Jason Reed? I haven't met Jason Black or talk with him or Professor Black Truth. I've had a direct uh, exchange with Jason Reed on multiple occasions, uh, but I've never met any one of them. Um, and that's just just the facts. But back to this, we need an entire presentation of media. Uh, an entire representation of media. Yes, we need the scholarly stuff. We need the news. We need the reports. We need this, a lot of stuff that I do, the deep the, 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 the thought stuff. You need that. You need that. You need uh, people that are talking about finance. You need people that are talking about community development. You need people who can talk about the building and putting together think tanks to deal with stuff like gentrification and miseducation. We need that stuff. But we also need the laugh. We need to have our way of entertaining ourselves, but in a situation in which the content is not going to be uh, negative and have a negative impact, but conducive to enjoyment and even growth. Uh, I mean, there are so many people out there that are capable of doing this, but we've got to come together. I haven't seen that. I have briefly heard about it. I mean, like literally this morning. Uh, Jay Bags is asking whether or not uh, uh, I've uh, what, what are my thoughts on the Gabrielle uh, Union and Robert Deed uh, uh, spoof on Black Consciousness. I'm not a fan of Gabrielle Union anyway. Uh, Gabrielle Union has a lot of trauma driving her behavior, trauma she hasn't dealt with real live trauma that she, I mean, I don't know how many of you know her story, but she was, uh, at, at, at 19, she was held at gunpoint and raped, uh, as an employee of Payless. Uh, and that's just one part of it. And there are some other things that follow, uh, how she's coped and dealt with that shows up in different behaviors. Uh, Her push and support uh, for Dwayne Wade's little boy to to, to step out as a female creates a problem for me. What a person does and how a person decides to live their life is their life. But a child at that age shouldn't be pushed in a direction regardless of what their thoughts are. Uh, you, You teach them, you lead them by example. Now granted, some behaviors by Dwayne Wade ain't helping either. But she's been a champion of it. She's been pushing. She's looking for her place. And so anything that will give her some relevance that sets her apart and sets her out, she's willing to jump out there in it. And that's a problem. I haven't seen it, but I can almost guarantee I'm not going to be a fan of it. I'm not going to like it. I'm not going to prove it. It's probably going to piss me off. Um. And so that's, that's what I can give you on that, J-Bags, is that I ain't with that. I uh, I'm I want to put this up uh, because it was blocked. Uh, I don't know what that has to do with what we're talking. We're talking about new black media. We're not talking about younger generations per se. Uh, yes, I, I, I'm not one for sagging and I'm not one for using the N word. However, that's not anything to do with what we're talking about right now. And a lot of that stuff will, can be addressed and actually dealt with by properly engaging our youth, by properly training our youth in the home, by properly informing our people, by properly socializing young black males. That's what I do in Black Man League. Is I properly socialize socialize young black males on what it means to be a black man. I prepare them through a rite of passage to become a powerful and impactful black male. Uh, uh The black man lead initiative is not suspended as much as it is in a holding pattern. And we're doing whatever we can. I still deal with young black males on an individual level, but that, that can't even come close to doing what we need to do. We don't have the backing. We still don't have the backing. Uh, I would love to have some sponsors that will come up and do it. I will deal with individuals uh, through my business, uh, the Visionetics Institute, uh, I work with young black males through that primarily. Again, that's a cost though. Uh, it's just, it's only so much that I can do. And I'm working to do the best I can. Uh, we love to have the support. Like I said, I've shared the link of how you can support. Uh, here it is again. Um, for those who want to support the work we're doing, uh, the Black Man Leaders One. My wife is also doing the other side through Restoring Ghettos, Forgotten Daughters. Uh, she's worked with girls who have been uh, molested. My wife is a, uh, a both a survivor of childhood molestation beginning at age five. Also, she was raped twice as a teenager. She's a rape survivor. Uh, she has overcome all of that to be everything that I could ever imagine and more. And she's very transparent about it. She's very engaged. She works with girls in TYC, which is Texas Youth Commission, uh, where girls are actually under custody of the state. On lockdown, she goes in and she visits them. Uh, She she does direct one-on-one counseling with young females who have experienced traumatic uh, events in their youth. And we're we're doing this thing, but we can only do it at the place that we uh, are capable. I agree with you, Leonard Smith. Uh, The idea that what we're wearing is the reason we're going through what we're going through is just a... Deflection of the truth. Uh, I've got way too many pictures as a part of my research where black men in three-piece suits were bloody. Uh, black men in three-piece suits were shot and lynched and set on fire. Uh, I have learned in myself. As you can see, you 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 won't, probably won't see me in a three-piece. Suit. You probably won't see me in a suit. Uh, but I represent uh, the pinnacle of thought. I represent the pinnacle of black manhood. Not that. Uh, I think I'm better than anybody else, but just simply by what I've been able to do with my wife, my kids, and my and I'm not perfect. But what I'm saying is, uh, I know people in suits that are screwing over our people every day, and they're black. So how we dress is, I think, important. But I don't think we need to focus on, especially when the idea of what's classy and what's professional is based on a Eurocentric idea of what is. That's one of the problems that we have is we don't have our own identity. And anytime we try to gain our own identity, it's, uh, the Eurocentric idea is pushed back on us and our identity is blamed as the cause for what we're dealing with. And that's not truth. I think we have to look at that as well. But at the end of the day, we've got a whole, yes, again. You're absolutely right. We have to hold ourselves responsible. We have to hold ourselves accountable. We have to start looking at the things that we can do. Like, again, find things that you believe in and get behind it. That's the way we're going to win this thing is that everybody is going to become involved either directly or as a supportive mechanism in the background. Not everybody's meant to be out front. Not everybody's meant to be in, in harm ways, but everybody has a place. This has to be done as a cohesive and collective effort. And the one thing we've got to do is call to Matt all these black faces that have been given high places for the sole purpose of misguiding, misleading, and disrupting. We can no longer tolerate it. We must call it as it is. We must sit up and consistently present facts that cannot be uh, disputed as an argument against the narrative that is being constantly pushed, that's our responsibility. That's one thing I will consistently do uh, until I leave this place, is I'm going to continually come back and bring facts. I'm not real big on sensationalism. If you notice, many of the times I come in after the heat has died down on something viral because I'm really thinking about what's going on. And and, and I'm dealing with very rarely will I come in heated on something and just go because it's a hot topic. I I told you when I uh, started this uh, 11 years ago, this isn't about um, this isn't about likes and and shares and subscriptions. Yes, I would love to have a big following, but I'm not going to compromise the character of how I carry myself and present myself to do it there's a certain way I'm going to deliver what I do. Now, I'm still a man. You catch me at the wrong time saying the wrong thing and you get the business. You will, but that's not what it's about for me. See, I've grown from that youthful alpha stage. I'm more in a gamma stage now. I'm more in about chilling and bringing the heat from an intellectual perspective to show my people how to think. Because when you think, you have to do less physical but i'm also behind my young brothers who have the energy that i once had physically and we get out there (laughs) yeah i'm familiar with that too chop chop milk uh man it's like Oh man, you're talking about a good one. We that the uh, one thing we 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 were talking about the the difference in uh, uh, value appreciation and depreciation in black neighborhoods and white neighborhoods, but just simply in black owned homes and, and white owned homes in the same neighborhood. Uh, I, I've worked on a study over the last what year where black homeowners in affluent areas homes are appraising for resale value at a significantly lower level than white homeowners with comparable homes. So when you compare the homes, the homes are pretty much similar. White values are higher and blacks. We even had situations where blacks, when they called for an appraisal, removed all uh, uh, all of the stuff in the house that indicated it was owned by blacks were, were taken out and had a white couple come in for the appraisal. And the house that was once appraised Uh, By one appraiser at this comes in higher. The flip side of that is when it comes to uh, tax assessment and appraisals, white tax assessors, white homes are getting lower tax assessments for tax for the purpose of property tax while blacks are getting higher. Again, this is one way that the wealth uh, gap remains widened, even though you're looking at home home ownership. The problem is we haven't grown in home ownership in God knows how long. I think we're still at somewhere around 41%. We got to grow in it. But the thing is, that's still not going to be an equal uh, form of equity because they're getting greater value for the homes they own. And so we've got to talk about that. We've got to talk about finance. We've got to talk about financial empowerment uh, and how we raise our kids. But that's another reason why we must protect the family. Why? Because the best place to teach that and learn that is in the home, is in the family. Oh, yeah. You can look at the way Roland is doing a lot of things. Black media has definitely influenced him. Uh, But again, it doesn't benefit him to acknowledge that. And he's about self. He's about self-preservation. He's about riding the hearts that he's been given. And the idea of creating his own space in the hearts that will allow him to actually do something for the black community isn't something he's willing to do. you got to really be willing to be be, uh, willing to sacrifice and things to step into this lane. Because you immediately end up with a target on your back. Some of the people you used to be able to pick up the phone and call and, and say, hey, I need this. You can't call anymore. Uh, everything is being undercut that you're trying to do. And you've got all these obstacles. And what used to be so simple for you in the way of generating revenue is no longer simple. I'm speaking from experience. you got to be willing to actually be prepared to go through and deal with it. So, look, i got to get ready to get off here. I have a client in about 10 minutes. Uh, Man, I'm loving this. uh, Loving this conversation should have started this a little later. But then again, you guys might not have shown up for a later one. Uh, This conversation is off the chain. Uh, We're going to have to continue this again, maybe tomorrow or something. We're going to get back and we're going to finish talking about this. We're going to make it a part one, part two. Yeah, he's definitely uh, a selfish, self-first person uh, and extremely arrogant and presents himself. But I think that it's starting to cave in on him. I think that he is starting to see uh, that more and more people are aware of what he's doing. And so that's going to be our responsibility is to keep shedding light, the light of truth, uh, the light of truth. And so, on that note, look, I'm gonna get off here. Get prepared for this next session. I thank you guys for dropping in. You have been awesome. Share the video uh, for the purpose of empowerment and inform information. Uh, those of you who believe in the work we're doing, go ahead and show some love. Click the link, and you can go to either directly to the Square uh, page and pay. You can go to the site and pay, or you can do it through Cash App. However, you want to do it. But show some love. And for the person who ask about Black Man Lead, write a pastor's initiative, that's my heart. So, you know, I'm hurting uh, that I'm not able to do it the way I want to do it. That's something that I want to do so big. I want a national network where every city has a chapter that we are literally taking our young black males through a rite of passage. It starts at age four, it goes to age 13, but then it transforms. I I, I deal with men all the way up to 30 in the process of developing into manhood. And so that's something we need. We need to teach our young boys the importance of protecting our women, that they're not our enemy. And the power they have to protect. We need to teach them the importance of business ownership. We need to teach them the importance of financial accuracy. We need to teach them the importance of vision and and, and ability to see ahead and being aware. We need to have, have them so in tune with what their responsibilities are that they will not shake free of it when challenged. That's our responsibility. So proper socialization also reduces the proclivity towards violence. That's what initially got me into uh, creating the program is that proper socialization reduces the proclivity for young African African-American adolescent and young adult males to commit violence. Uh, it also helps us predict the, the the likelihood of an individual committing violence. We can tell when okay someone's at that point and we can... Intervene, uh, it's so much. Look, show some love. I got to get out of here. Uh, uh, yeah, I do get some things on the Cash App. Um, like I said, I do appreciate all the love you guys do show. Uh, there's so much work to be done. Continue to be a voice, continue to be a force, and we will check in soon.